What's up, everybody? The coolest guy in title insurance and your host of the Morning Spotlight podcast, Mike Ham, here to welcome you to the 100th episode of the Morning Spotlight podcast. It has been quite a ride uh, since July of last year when we launched our first episode on July 14th, all the way till now, launching our 100th episode. All the great guests we've had come through, all the great spotlighters that have been a part of our community. Cannot thank all of you enough. This is a very special episode. We have a very special guest and believe it or not, a guest host of the show. So let's hit the music and let's get started. Coffee for today's episode of the Morning Spotlight podcast was provided by Spotlighter, Linda. Thanks, mom. And for all the spotlighters out there, if you want to support the show and keep us caffeinated, go to themorningspotlight.com and click buy Mike a coffee. What's happening, everybody? My name is Larry Roberts, and you may be looking for the regular host of the Morning Spotlight, Mike Ham. But guess what? This is the 100th episode, so Mike wanted to mix it up a little bit, and we're going to do it a little bit different today. Today, I will be your host, and we're going to be learning more about your host, Mike Ham. So I'm going to be interviewing him. We're going to go down that path. We're going to learn more about Mike and what makes Mike tick because we're not really sure. <laughs> so let's jump right in there and figure it all out together. So, Mike, welcome to the Morning Spotlight. Uh, that's usually my line, but and it feels really weird to be on the wrong side, not the wrong side, the other side of the mic of my own show. But, um, yeah, I mean, we got matched up here at PodMax again. Um, and I figured, why not? Why not shake it up a little bit? So, um, if there's there's probably five people, five podcasters in the entire world that if I could have at the helm of my 100th episode, th those five are me. But one of them is definitely you. So I'm glad we were able to actually make this work. So I'm pumped. Man, I'm humbled by that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And being in that kind of company, it's awesome. So thank you once again for the opportunity. And hopefully, we can make you shine today. That's the goal. So fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump right in, man. Tell me, what is it about you? Because recently you just kind of burst onto the scene. I mean, I've been in the podcast game for, I don't know, almost six years now. And it just seems like recently Mike Ham started popping up everywhere. You're rocking it with your morning spotlight. You're rocking it on Clubhouse. I run into you at PodMax events. You're everywhere, which is really, really great. That's one of my, my core staples in the podcasting game is the power of showing up. And you're leveraging that power. So where did Mike Ham come from and when did you start showing up? Ooh, uh, so Mike Ham comes from a very mixed up, not mixed up, a, a very different kind of background. So I was a college baseball coach, then got involved in title insurance sales. Um, and now, well, I still do title insurance sales, but last year because of the pandemic started this podcast because I figured my whole job is I have to take people out for lunch, take people out for drinks, take, go to events, shake hands, kiss babies, schmooze. And I'm usually sitting across the table from somebody and then trying to get them to send me work. So obviously last year, you know, March, April, May, we got crushed by, by COVID uh, here in New Jersey and everything was shut down. I obviously couldn't do my normal job. And then even as you got into the summer, when things started opening up more outdoors and people felt a little bit more comfortable, I still really couldn't do it as consistently as I needed to, to keep generating that business. So I needed a way to kind of get my 
face, this face for better or worse out in front of people um, and make them make sure that they don't forget about me. And I, I started some virtual networking events. I started the, the show as a LinkedIn video series and then eventually transitioned it into what it is now. And the more I kind of started growing it, I, I realized that I was kind of good at it. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but like I, I, you know, I've put together, this is the hundredth episode of the morning spotlight. So I put together a lot of good content, I feel like, and it's not always real estate related or title insurance related because there's only so much of that I can talk about personally. Um, but you know, it's just, we've had a lot of cool guests on like yourself and we've had a lot of different, uh, professional athletes, musicians, other podcasters, all these different people. And it just seems like the more I put myself out there and go to events like this, get on clubhouse, do all those kinds of things. It just like, seems like the show just kind of keeps growing and growing. And then I just get more comfortable doing it. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just works. I, I don't, I don't know. It just kind of like happened. I don't really know when I burst onto the scene, but at some point we popped. So. No, that's spectacular. And, you know, it, it, a lot of people evolve that way. But most people, when they evolve that way, they don't make it to that 100th episode. I mean, that is a huge milestone. And I want to congratulate you on that for starters. Thank you. But when you started off, did you see this being such a long-term play? No. I, like So when I started the LinkedIn, so the LinkedIn video series was how the morning spotlight started because we would post a five-minute video uh, with me interviewing someone where I had three questions written down, they had three answers essentially written down and we would just read answers back and forth and questions back and forth. And um, it was one of those things where the, the, when I'd started it, it was just to get some video content out there because I'd already, I had heard that LinkedIn uh, likes videos and I had this huge network. So I was like, why not try to use it? Um, and I figured I'd go three, four weeks, COVID would be over. Uh, when we just kind of sail into the sunset of normal life again. Um, then that video series went 12 weeks. So I did 60 episodes and just had no shortage of people that wanted to come on the show. But as someone that's a podcaster doing that many episodes, I don't care if they're five minutes or 45 minutes, that's a lot to do. And I was, you know, a head chef and chief bottle washer, I always say here. So I was scheduling them, recording them, editing them, editing them, sending them to the, the guest, sometimes having to re-record if they weren't happy and then re-edit. Uh, so then I was like, well, why not do, you know, a, a one, one episode a week? I'm up to two episodes a week now, but one episode a week where it's just a little bit more in-depth, a little bit more focused. Um, I can talk more and actually have conversations with people like we're doing now. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think that that's kind of that's how that all worked out. No, it's, it's kind of cool. You know, and, and if you look back when what the the journey that got you to where you're at today some of that same discipline being a coach had to have translated over to podcasting and even the the title insurance sales that you're doing now yeah talk more about that how did you for one how did you end up being a college uh, baseball coach i mean that that's an interesting path just in and of itself yeah and then how does that translate to where you're at today what are some of the, the key takeaways from being a coach and the discipline that comes from being a coach and disciplining others and focusing in on others and highlighting their talent. You know, there, there seems to be some correlations there because you're highlighting other athletes as a coach, you're helping bring out the best in them. Now you're doing the same thing, but you're doing it from an audio perspective. Talk to me about that. 
Yeah. So uh, college baseball coaching was not something that I ever thought that I wanted to get myself into. Uh, I played baseball in college. I was a pitcher and my senior year, we didn't have a pitching coach and they were looking for one for the following season. I had a semester to go in the fall to finish up my degree, political science degree. So obviously we're crushing it with that political science degree um, and uh, <laughs> we're using it quite a bit. Um, so at the, that end of my senior year, I had a really good senior year. I went into my coach's office at the end of the season. I said, Hey, I know you're looking for a, a pitching coach. I'm going to be here in the fall. I think I might be good at it. Why not give me a shot? And he did. And then he was like, if you do well in the fall, we'll keep you on for the spring. And that's what happened. Then I got another job uh, at a different school out in Pennsylvania. Then I got another job as a grad assistant up at a school in a school up in Rochester, New York, St. John Fisher. And so I got a free MBA, got paid to coach, which was really cool. And my last year there, we went to the world series. We had a kid get drafted. We had like, it was an amazing wow. year. Um, but just going through like that progression, my, my dad was always coached me when I was a kid in baseball and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I kind of saw how, you know, he approached it and, you know, he would coach like the whole team, not just me. Um, and uh, I think when you're, when you're talking to someone, whether it's you're selling them something, whether you're talking to them on an interview or whatever, you need to be able to communicate. You need to be able to talk to them and be able to like get on their level, whatever that level may be. Because one of the cool things that I'm sure you would agree, you have people on your show that come from a variety of different backgrounds, parts of the country, education levels, all these different kinds of things. So you need to be able to connect with someone quickly and be able to convey your message and your, you know, what you're trying to get across in a very understandable way. Um, so, I mean, obviously that took time as a coach, but when you're dealing with college kids, I mean, you know, they're, uh, hung over half the time. Like they don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> so, I mean, at least in my experience, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that was just one of those things where like, I needed to be able to connect with kids that are, you know, uh, they're good at what they do. They're, I mean, they're playing a college level sport, um, but sometimes it always doesn't work out. And, and baseball is one of those things where you fail a lot. So it's a matter of trying to figure out how you can take that failure and challenge them and, and connect with them and communicate um, but I also think that one of the other things too, from just the, the team sport side of it is that teamwork is a, is a very big part of the whole thing. And I think that, you know, that that's like my best friends are guys that I played uh, college baseball with and they sure. still are, and they will remain my best friends for the rest of my life, most likely. And I think that the more I, I've seen more and more, whether it's on the title side or on the podcasting side, the more that I try to put myself out there and you were saying before show up and put myself around in this, in communities, like whether it's on clubhouse, whether it's here at Podmax, whether it, wherever it is, I think that you start to work as a team, maybe not like directly. I mean, we don't do work together, but we've had conversations before. And I think that's just one of the things that helps you get better at what you do. So like as a coach, it was me talking with other coaches, whether they were the guys that I worked with at that school or going to like a recruiting event and, you know, having to do like a clinic thing with another pitching coach from a different school and just learning what they do. That's, that's teamwork. You know what I mean? Like you figure out what other people are doing and how you can use that to improve yourself. Um, you know, cause as long as you're, you know, focused on what the end game is for what you're trying to do. It's just, it's it, like, you need, you need help. Like you're not going to be able to do it all by yourself. So that's just one of the things, like a, a bunch of things. I think that the coaching side of it really translated well, at least I didn't even realize it, but now the more that I kind of look at it, um, you know, do it through a different lens, I could see the benefits of the coaching side to get to where I am now. No, that's super cool. And, you know, I see that aspect of you every time we interact 
but I see it most often on Clubhouse because, I mean, you're over on Clubhouse, the audio-only, invite-only app that everybody's talking about these days. You're over there literally every day, Monday through Friday, right? That's right. Monday through Friday, 12 Eastern podcast lunch hour, and I've been doing it since January 18th. So it has been a run. Um, it's uh, It's been fun, because, but that's just another way. Like I started that, and literally I said this the other, uh, the other day. At the time of this recording, a few days ago, we just had our 100th podcast lunch hour. Um, so we made it all the way to 100, which was kind of cool. Um, so I, I think I would put it as maybe like one of the longest running, consistent um you know, rooms on that app. And I, I mean, I, I have nothing to compare it to, but that's what I would say. It probably is. Um, but uh, so we went for that long. When I first started it, it was that thing that I was talking about before, trying to surround myself with people that knew more than me. So the first room was called Podcast Lunch Hour dash teach me something about podcasting. And then eventually it just became the podcast lunch hour because to write that all out when you're doing a clubhouse room got to be a pain in the ass. So, <laughs> so then eventually it became the podcast lunch hour. And then I, you know, picked up one co-host then he got a new job. So he had to stop, but then I got another co-host and she was great. Then I started attracting like these other groups of people that were part of this community that was just very collaborative, um, trying to help. And like, it was almost at some points I felt some imposter syndrome thing, because like you said, I mean, I'm not in this, I mean, you're in, you're in this podcasting world for six years. I am, you know, with this iteration of the morning spotlight, I am just getting to a year. Um, so, you know, it was one of those things where people would come up and ask me like technical questions, or I mentioned this to the, on this episode that you were on with me, where somebody will come in, they have 10,000 downloads per episode. And they're like, I'm really upset with my growth. How do I get more? And I'm like, I have no idea because I am nowhere in that ballpark. But, um, but that's just one of those things that I think that was one of the ways that I was able to start building out a, a little community that I didn't even realize I was doing. I just kept putting myself out there and then be, kind of became someone that people looked to for answers, which was kind of weird. But then I would look to other people for those answers and then go back, you know, and give them that. But, um, but yeah, so the, the podcast lunch hour has been a great way. So since January, a great way for me to uh, kind of accelerate that growth of the show overall. No, I think that's tremendous. And it's interesting to see how you transition from building up others and working with others and improving as a team, improving as a whole and translate, translate that over into podcasting as well. Now, I also have to assume that you've taken similar skill sets in the title insurance industry. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I, that's just one of those things where from the, the communication side, obviously, if you're selling something, you need to be able to communicate. You need to be able to talk about what it is that you're doing. So when I first started in this job, I obviously came from a background that was completely unrelated. It had no relevance to what I do now. So college baseball coaching to title insurance sales, you could not. It's like apples to hippos. I mean, it's not even like the same thing, um, but that's just one thing where I, I, again, I didn't realize the skill sets that I had picked up over the course of that coaching career where I'm, I'm out recruiting. So I, you recruit all year. That's one of the things that people don't realize about college coaches is they literally recruit year round. Like you're on the road. I remember when I was at Rochester, I would just drive back and forth on the thruway, get, go from Albany to Buffalo, to Syracuse, to Rochester, to Binghamton, out to you know Long Island, down to New Jersey, out to Pennsylvania every day. I would just be on the road. I mean, I wow. put a lot of miles on a lot of rental cars and ate a lot of McDonald's and put on a lot of weight. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but that was just one of those things where, you know, from a selling side, 
I was like, I got into this job and I was like, I've never sold anything before. And then I started thinking about it. Well, one of the schools that I worked at, the tuition for that school was $60,000 a year. Mm. They have no academic merit money. They just do need-based aid. So in a lot of cases, they're taking people that are either, they call them full pay or people that need a lot of uh, financial help. So that way they can kind of balance their, you know, books, I guess, as a school. So when I go to some of these recruiting events and I see a kid that would fit what we're looking for as, as a potential recruit, I have to sell that family on why it's going to benefit the kid. It's going to benefit the family to put him in $60,000 worth, you know, per year uh, and spend that money and, and put him part of our, our team and our community and all that. So that was like one of the things that I didn't realize that I had. I mean, I would spend, you know, weekends with families sometimes like just go, go to a town and then uh, sleep in a hotel, go to the kids football game, you know, go out to lunch with the, the parents and just try to, you know, generate some, some trust. And that's ultimately what title insurance sales is. It's, you know, here in New Jersey, it's all regulated. The, the rates are regulated and the forms are regulated. So it doesn't matter what company you go to, you're going to get charged the exact same price for the essentially the exact same product. It's just the logo at the top is going to be different. So how do you differentiate yourself? It's relationships and service. So if I'm able to establish trust quickly and add value, which I've discovered this new way to add value with the show is this has just been a great way to kind of like think outside the box, try different things, you know, um, and just communicate that message with those people um, just to make sure that, you know, when they do have deals that they can send to me, they will. And that's, you know, it seems like it's working. Um, but, uh, but still, you know, we're four years almost at the time of this, when this posts, I will be four years into this job. And, uh, you know, so that's been, it's been a ride and definitely a learning experience, but just trying different things and trying to be creative with how you problem solve is another, is another big thing for sure. You know, isn't it interesting if you step back and you look at all different aspects of life, no like, and trust, those are the three key components to just about everything. Yeah. People are going to listen to your podcast if they know, like, and trust you. People are going to want to go play baseball for you if they know, like, and trust you. Yeah. They're going to buy insurance from you if they know, like, and trust you. They're going to join your clubhouse rooms. Same thing. How do you take that no like, trust and translate that to everyday activities? Not, not your big-time morning spotlight show, not your big-time clubhouse room, but how do you just use that in your day-to-day -day life? I think it really just kind of comes down to from, I do a lot of networking and I think that that's one of the things that, you know, you start to see like those no like and trust things really start to come out. And, and just from a, a day-to-day -day lifestyle thing, I think it's, you need to be able to understand like what you can provide to people. Because I think a lot of times people are always looking at what they can get from you. And then if you shift that focus and what you can provide to other people, all of a sudden now you have this instance where they want to do stuff with you. They want to give to you because they know that you're there to help them. You know, to add some value, whatever that is, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a you know family member, whatever it is, the more you could show that like, hey, I'm here for you. So whatever you need, you just ask. Um, and that's how you build that because it's also another big thing. And I've heard you talk about it before, the showing up side of it. I think it's how often you show up and how, how you show up. So if you're constantly trying to like put on this face, you know, which I did for a very long time, like try to have, you know, business mic, relationship mic, friendship mic, family mic, mic that sits in on the couch and eats Cheetos and watches Netflix by himself, <laughs> you know, like a lot of different mics. Um, when I started doing, uh, honestly, when I started doing this show, and in this way, I really started to see just like this seismic shift in how I was able to approach just life overall. I just started putting myself out there as just here it is. Like I'm literally wearing a Hawaiian shirt 
with a Yankee cap and my morning spotlight t-shirt. And like, this is what I wear often. And I get made fun of for it sometimes, but I don't care. You know, like this is just me. So you could take it or leave it and that's fine. But that's how you build trust. Like the more specific I think to who you are as an individual, the more relatable you are. And I think that that's one of the things that people sometimes miss the boat on is they're trying to be a people pleaser. They're trying to, you know, be something for everybody. And in, in that way, you almost alienate more people because the people that would connect with you, if you were true to who you're, who you are, they feel alienated. The people that you wouldn't connect with anyway, doesn't matter. I mean, you're not connecting with them at all. But as, so, as soon as you get a little bit more specific, all of a sudden now you've really connected with, you know, uh, the people that would connect with that message or that whatever. Um, and the people that wouldn't connect with you prior to that, maybe they don't like it. Maybe it doesn't vibe with them, but at least they'll respect it. And I think that that's just one of the things like the more you're able to just put yourself out there, whether, like you said, it not necessarily on the show, not necessarily out selling title insurance, not necessarily doing any of that kind of stuff or the clubhouse room, but just put yourself out there as you as often as you possibly can. And that's where you start to see the most growth. And like, that's where you start to see the no like and trust factor grow even more because now your community has built beyond just podcasting or just insurance sales or just, you know, clubhouse it's built out throughout the world. You know I mean? It's, it sounds weird, but that's what it is. Like I've attracted more friends. I better relationships with my family, better relationships with my girlfriend, like all these kind of things that just, you know, you wouldn't get if not for just putting yourself out there as a hundred percent you. Man, that that's such a valuable lesson that so many people have a hard time learning. You, you hear be authentic. You hear just be yourself. It, it, just do it. Just be who you are. And I love the fact that that's exactly what you do. I mean, you're sitting there, as you said, with your Hawaiian shirt and you got your face on your chest. Yeah, I mean, you're just you are being authentically you. And I got to tell you what I saw you. I don't know what it was like two weeks ago. I saw you in a different outfit. You were done up for your, your insurance sales and you were looking all all business and fly. Right. No yeah. hat, no nothing. I'm yeah. like, who is that guy? I don't even know that guy. Who is that dude? Yeah. Right. So if your name wasn't in the bottom left-hand corner, I wouldn't have known who you were on that Zoom call. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the, the exact same hap thing happened to me just the other day. I showed up to a PodMax event. You know, they have their mixers every Friday that we talk about. And I didn't have a hat on. I didn't have my glasses on. And believe it or not, I didn't have a hoodie on. I had my hair did. I had no glasses. And Jody Krangle, a mutual friend of ours, sent me a message. She goes, dude, I wouldn't have known that was you if it wasn't for your background. So, you know, be yourself, be who you are. I'm the same cat. I'm always wearing a hoodie. I've always got a hat on. I've always got these goofy glasses on. That's just, that's just how it works. And people resonate with that. And that is such a valuable, valuable lesson that anybody listening to this, please take that to heart and run with it because it's changed my life. Not only has it changed Mike's life, but it can change your life as well. So let's take that away for this hundredth episode yeah. as the, the real takeaway that being genuine, being authentic and just being yourself, man, that'll take that no like and trust factor to the next level. Yeah. Speaking I, of the next level, where do you see the morning spotlight going? Ooh, that's a good question. There's a lot of places I would like to see it go. I would like to, you know, take it up like grow listeners make money from it because i don't make any money from the show um you know do some different things like that but i don't know I, I mean i think like we've gotten this far we've had on some really cool guests um you know super bowl champions and emmy award winners and like all these different kind of you know olympic athletes like i mentioned before um but like i i don't know i i, I like 
where the show's at. I mean, I like the rhythm, the cadence that I have right now. Um, and I just think it's one of those things where like, I would like to do more in-person stuff because like doing stuff on Zoom or whatever platform I'm using is great. And it's allowed me to connect with people all over the country, all over the world. Um, but at the same time, I, I now that I'm trying starting to take out uh, some of those networking partners that I made over the virtual landscape of last year, the guests that I've had that are at least local, I'm starting to take them out for lunch and actually meet them in person. So I think that's one thing that I would want to do is like figure out a, a setup that I could take on the road and like go meet people that I've only met virtually before. So um, I don't know. I, I like, like I said, I like the rhythm that I'm on. I like doing the two episodes a week. Um, and it's just one of those things where I think like the more, the more I can do that, I think the more you're able to grow your, you know, extend your reach and maybe attract some bigger guests or cooler people or not that the people I haven't uh, aren't cool, but like just keep leveling <laughs> it up more and more and more. So I don't know. I think that's, I, I don't really, I don't know. I started the show with no plan and it seems to be going kind of well. I mean, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. And I know that, you know, I mean, you have a vested interest in giving people a, a roadmap on how to start a podcast. I had no roadmap. I just kind of threw it against the wall. And if it stuck, we were going to do it. And if it didn't stick, we would just move on. And now a hundred episodes in, it clearly stuck. Uh, so now we got to start throwing some other things against the wall and see what happens after that. No, that's super cool, man. And it, it, it is great to get, get out there again. Things are opening up travel starting to happen again. You know, August, I'm heading off to a couple of podcasting events. I can't wait for that. That's going to be great. Followed up by one in September. So going to be traveling quite a bit. And th these opportunities are going to be phenomenal to take each and every one of our shows to the next level. But I'm curious. We have been obviously on lockdown for the last year and a half or so, right? Year, year and a half. Do you think you would have seen the same growth had the situation been different? Because I personally know for a fact, if I look inward to myself, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if we hadn't had the pandemic because so many opportunities would not have been there because everything went virtual. I was able to attend everything. Do you think that had a similar impact on you or what are your thoughts there? A hundred percent. Like if not for last year, I'm still in whatever rut I was in 2019. Uh, like, I, I think that that is one of the things that, you know, last year obviously sucked. There was a lot of things that happened that were not great. And, you know, especially here with being on like super strict lockdown for so long, it was, it was hard. And it, but it, what it did was it forced people like, so if I, the town that I live here in, in New Jersey is a pretty bustling town. There's a lot of people. So if I walk down the street to go get a cup of coffee, I come within that six feet social distance space of probably 25 people. And it's, it's probably like a, you know, a five minute walk for me. Um, so then all of a sudden I'm just stuck in my one bedroom apartment here. The walls are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And you just have to figure out, you have to sit there with yourself and have some time to figure out what you want out of life. And I think that that was one of the things that was the, the biggest silver lining of last year was that. So not only was I able to start the show and do all those kind of things, I met more people last year, at least virtually, than mm -hmm. I would have ever, or I have ever in my four years doing this job. Um, it's just like not even close numbers wise. Obviously it's a little bit different because it's just on a zoom screen. It's maybe not like as intimate. Like we were joking the other day about how you only see me from like belly button up because you don't want to <laughs> yeah, see dude. what's going on down on the lower half. But you know, I think it's one of those things where like that was like 2020 for all of its faults just presented this tremendous opportunity that I think that 
people that wanted to seize that opportunity. And I, I think I'm one of them did. And the people that were like, well, this sucks. You know, like I just, we got to ride this out and just get to things back to normal. They missed the boat on a, a lot of potential things that could have came out of last year. Um, and I, and I think that not necessarily starting a podcast or doing any of that kind of stuff, but just reevaluating life, you know, like, like what's important to you. Is it important to like, you know, drive to an office, you know, first thing in the morning and spend eight, nine hours there and then come home and then do that five days a week or whatever it is, you know, like, like how do you, how do you want to live your life? And I think that that was one of the opportunities that you had to figure it out. And like, there's still time, you know, like, it's not like this, this moment has passed, but that was one of the things that I just, when I started, when the, uh, when we got hit probably like mid March, when everything went shut down here, um, I, the next week I started running virtual networking events. Cause I was just like, people need somebody to talk to. So why not run one? So I set it up on a Monday, ran it the next day. <clears throat> and then we did that for 13 straight weeks. And we were running them every other week up until maybe like February or March of this year. And, but that was just another way, like, Hey, like let's figure something out. But that was a good opportunity for people to, you know, network more, meet more people, learn more about each other, you know, because we would wind up spending two hours on these, you know, virtual networking calls. And then a few of us would just get on a zoom after and do like virtual game nights and, you know, whatever it is. And next thing you know, you're just becoming friends with people that before were just networking, you know, partners or colleagues or whatever you would call them acquaintances. So I think that like 2020 for all of its blemishes, which just was a year that I needed, I needed last year and I didn't know it. Um, and I, I'm, I, you know, obviously like there's a lot of people that would rather last year never have happened. But I think that that's one of the things that for me, I made the most of just a shitty situation. I could say that cause this is my show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going, Oh, we can cuss. Oh, cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's what it was. I mean, like, I, you know, I, I know that you're, that you're in a very similar boat, like you were able to show up more. Yeah. Same thing for me. You know, like I was able to show up to a lot of different things. I mean, I didn't start with PodMax until December, but that was just one of the opportunities that I, that came across my desk, I guess. And next thing you know, I'm like meeting these amazing other, other, these other amazing podcasters that have similar mindsets and ideals and all that kind of stuff as me. And like, it was just, it was so, just so cool. Like I got that. Like I said, that stuff would never have happened if not for 2020. See, and to tie that back to your coaching and your athleticism and your, your, your team sports experience, you know, overcoming adversity is a major component to being an athlete. And that's what last year posed to us was adversity. And you took that opportunity. You looked at it for what it was. You did a little soul searching and you thought, you know what, here's the opportunity in this moment of adversity. And I think that's what's setting you apart, man. I think that's really what's helping you grow so rapidly. That's what's helped you reach this hundredth episode, this epic moment in your podcasting journey that so many people don't reach. You know, I, you know this, but very rarely does a podcast start and make it past the seventh, yeah. seventh episode much less ever make it to the hundredth. So, I mean, that is such a huge milestone and I can't congratulate you enough on that. But again, taking that adversity, looking at it, analyzing it and finding a path to success out of that adversity is a testament to who you are in every aspect of everything that you do. What would you want to leave the audience with on this hundredth episode about overcoming adversity and finding the clearer path, finding the positive path out of adversity. 
Ooh, is this my under? Is this under this? Are we doing under the spotlight right now? Is that is what it, we're doing? Is, is that this, is that what is this, this is called? Is this is under this the spotlight? <laughs> you are now under, under the, the spotlight. spotlight. Oh, that's better. I should. Can, can you record that? I'm going to use that <laughs> forever now. So, um, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I think like it's one of those things where it's difficult to say like exactly like how you kind of get yourself on that you know on that path. But the one thing that for me was the the difference maker was at some point last year. Like when I, I was mentioning that LinkedIn video series before I would yeah. get on there. You know how you said you saw me in like that but, but shirt with the stupid buttons on it. And I had to put a jacket on and like pants that actually have a belt. Ugh. Um, but um, like that was how the show was before. Like that was the first iteration of the show. I would get on there. It was very stiff. I wanted to be very professional shirt, jacket, read my questions, move on. And then eventually, like I was saying before, having that time to sit with myself and being like, if we're going to do this, why not just do it? You know, and like, just go like, don't half-ass it, just whole-ass it and go all in whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. Like my favorite quote, here's a little quote for you. It's a Gandhi quote as told by Mike Cam is if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. So if you're going to do something, why don't you just be the biggest, most badass version of that thing that you possibly could be? And that's what I tried to do. So I just was myself. And the more I started showing up again, showing up as myself, the more I started to see that come out naturally in a, a, so many different areas of my life. And that was, that was honestly the difference maker. So it didn't matter if the show was getting five downloads per episode at the very beginning. I, it was something, it was an outlet for me. And it was a way that I was able to try to take things that I was doing in work and life and whatever, and try to channel them all into one path onto one, one track and get them all rowing the boat in the same direction. A lot of analogies in here. Um, <laughs> but I think that that's, Grizzly that's what bears, it is. Rowboats. Rowboats. Yeah. Yeah. Whole yeah. yeah, well, asses. Whole asses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but that's it you just gotta i mean you just gotta figure out and it takes time and it's like a never it's a quest it's a never-ending quest to figure out who you are as an act as an individual because it, it's going to be different from day to day you're going to be able to you're not going to be able to show up the exact same way every single day that's just not not how life works but the closer you are to that and being a hundred percent of whatever that is at that particular moment that's how you start to to change. That's how you start to like see results because it's a, like, it's exhausting to put on these different masks and these different faces to different people, whether it's work relationships, life, whatever. Um, so I think that, I don't know if that specifically answers your question, but I think that that is how I started to see just these huge changes just in my life overall. And I think that that's just one of the things that I would say is you just got to figure out who you are, and then just show up as that person as often as you possibly can. Boom. And that's the spotlight right there. That so is the spotlight. Authenticity, man. You cannot stress it enough. It gets talked about. People hear it. People want to live it. They want to do it. But they struggle with actually just flipping that switch. And, you know, I, maybe you agree or disagree, but I think it's really that simple. And I think so many times we overcomplicate it by looking at well how do i be myself well how do i do this how, if i am is, is myself this do i need to do this to be myself or do i need to do this so that they'll like myself they'll like my true me more you know there's different layers to each and every one of us yeah and sometimes we look to those layers as our identities to relate to other people but really it's 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 all part of the same person 
And it really is, you don't have to sit back and go deep into analysis and, 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 and talk to a therapist and try to figure out what layers you got to unwrap to figure out yeah. who you are. It's not all that. It's, it's not all that. I tried that and it didn't work. Not that it can't work. It just did not work for me. Exactly. It yeah. didn't work for me either. You know, what worked for me was just, just being me, just yeah. doing what I do. If I feel like doing something in the moment, I do it. If I say it, I say it. Some people are going to like it. Here's the kicker, though, that people have a hard time dealing with. Some people aren't going to like it. And that's just part of the package. But bottom line is you're going to have more people liking you if you're just authentic and you're just yourself. And you're going to have an easier time communicating and building yourself and your brand and your morning spotlight podcast just by being authentic and showing up. Absolutely. I mean, I, but I, I do think that like people that try to be authentic and try to really do a deep dive into who they actually are, like trying to be authentic almost to me is an oxymoron because that's like, you're trying to be yourself. Why would you try to be yourself? Just do it. You know what I mean? Like, I know that that's easier said than done in a lot of cases, but I do think that when you talk about authenticity, it's like, sometimes you can, you can look at the two of us on the screen right here and we're, you know, we have some similarities, but we're just uniquely us. I think. Yeah. Right. But I think that people look at us or people maybe like us that have, you know, a little bit more out there, I guess. Um, and they're like, well, I, I can't do that. That's I, I can't be authentic like that. But that's that's not the point. The point is you could be any type of authentic. It's just who you are as an individual, because it's just a it's like a stew of all the all the different your life experiences, like your your faults, your you know, positive qualities, all those different kind of things just wrapped into one and you put those out and that's your authentic self. So you can be quiet and still be authentic. You don't have to be wearing a Hawaiian shirt on a podcast just because I did this because it was the first pod max of the summer. That's why I wore the, the Hawaiian shirt, but, um, you don't have to do that. It's just like, you need to figure out who you are as a person and then, and then go for that. So I think that people get scared off that authenticity, you know, uh, thing because they look at people that, you know, may not jive exactly with what they have going on and they, they don't want to do it. Like they're, they're too intimidated by the level that maybe we're at. And I think that that's one of the things that's important to note is that authenticity is such a sliding scale and it can go from two totally different opposite, opposite ends of the spectrum. You just have to find like where you're on that spectrum and then just do that. Exactly. You know, you don't have to be a wild and crazy guy to, to be authentic. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you could be Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy, granted, fictional character, but he was authentic. The whole movie was about him being himself and who he was. Yeah. And that's what made that movie so great. You know, you may like rich mahogany and leather bound books. That might be great. You know, <laughs> or you might like vinyl pops that are that represent Batman and all of his his villains. You might like Hawaii. Who knows? Who knows what you like? But the point there is, man, is just love it, embrace it, and present that to the world. Yeah. Present your you to the world. It doesn't matter what it is. So, Mike, I want to say thank you so very much for letting me host this tremendous milestone, the hundredth episode of the morning spotlight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you once again. And thank you for sharing yourself with your audience. Oh, Larry, I really appreciate you doing this. This was, this went above and beyond what I thought this was going to be. And I went through like a lot of different ideas of what I wanted to do for the hundredth episode. And when we were talking about this and we landed on this, I think this was, this was exactly what I had in my mind. I just didn't know it. 
You know what I mean? Does that make sense? A hundred percent. I mean, it's like an artist. You're trying to paint right. a picture. You don't necessarily know what you're painting just yet. Yeah. But the final product is beautiful. Right. But I, again, I really appreciate you doing this for me and and coming on, you know, my show, taking my chair and and kind of leading me through this thing. And I, like I said, I, there's a very select few people I would allow at the helm of my show. And I'm glad that you were able to do it for me. So I, I'm very grateful for that. Well, I humbly bow out of your chair, sir. It's yours once again. Thank you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Just a reminder that any views expressed in the morning spotlight are the views of the speaker and should not be construed to be the views of any other person, any employer, or any organization. Thank you. We'll see you next week.